Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 heavenly father may the words of my mouth and all who preach this day all over the world may their words be acceptable in your sight picked and chosen by you for that particular congregation for for perhaps one person who might worship in that place on that day and may the meditation of those who worship today here at trinity and all over the world May the meditations be acceptable in your sight. May you filter out the things that shouldn't be there, for we're easily distracted by the storms and circumstances of our, of our own lives and the shopping list of things we need to do as soon as church is over. Filter our minds, our hearts, and our thoughts, the Christians who worship on this day. And Lord, as we shall see the woman at Sychar's well, she was not a black hole, Once Jesus filled her with himself, she went and told others, may the Christians on this earth not be black holes, their paychecks not black holes, their time and their talent and their treasures not black holes. I'm just going to use this for myself. That's what black holes do. They're never seen because the gravity of their own lives allows nothing to come forth to others. Be with us in this service, in Jesus' name, amen. Pharisees heard, John chapter 4, that Jesus was gaining more disciples than John the Baptist. They also heard that Jesus was baptizing more disciples than John the Baptist. And when Jesus heard of this, he left Judea and went back to Galilee, wanting to put an end to this little conflict going on. Then it says in verse 4, he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. Not for geographical purposes. He had to go through Samaria because there was a mission going on. It wasn't a mission of 5,000 or 10,000 people standing on a hillside. The mission was one person. He had to go through Samaria because of one person there. He came to a town called Sychar. Jacob's well had been dug there. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was the sixth hour. It was 12 noon. Samaritan woman came to draw water while Jesus was sitting there. And Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Jesus was waiting there for her. At one time in my life, I thought she was there first. And Jesus came. No, Jesus was waiting for her. When Zacchaeus was up in the sycamore tree, he wasn't waiting for Jesus. Jesus was waiting for him to go into the village plaza, climb up that sycamore tree. And then Jesus made sure that he came by the path that led under that tree. Zacchaeus was not waiting for Jesus. Jesus was waiting for him. When the Israelites were there on the beach of the Red Sea and they had 600 soldiers of 
Pharaoh behind them, a Red Sea in front of them. They weren't waiting for God. God was waiting for them. God had been on that beach for a long, long time. When the first plague and the second plague and the third plague and the fourth and fifth, sixth, seventh, eight, nine, ten. When all the plagues were gone, he was already planted on the beach. Before the beginning of time, Revelation 13, 8, he was already on the beach waiting for the Israelites to come. Jesus was waiting for the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross wasn't waiting for Jesus. Jesus was waiting for him. When that man was born, Jesus was already waiting for him on the cross. I'm at a different L.A. fitness now. They're remodeling the 183rd. I'm at the one in New Lenox, longer commutes. As I'm there yesterday, standing on one of the equipments, there's two guys next to me. And the one guy says to the other guy, how are you doing? I've been thinking about you. He said, I haven't slept in two weeks because there's stuff going on in my life. I haven't slept in two weeks. And I really didn't want to come today because I'm so tired. And the man standing next to him, heavily muscled, about 28 years of age, I'm guessing, he said to his friend, Why haven't you turned it over to God? I've been telling you for a month to turn this over to God. I've told you how to turn it over to God. And if you ever turn it over to God, then you'd be able to sleep, then you'd be able to rest. Because you've turned it over to him. And I turned my head and said one word. I said, Amen. And went back to my business. God was waiting for him at L.A. Fitness on Schoolhouse Road in New Lenox. If you've had an encounter with God this summer, at a family reunion, at a baptism, at a wedding, at a funeral, if you've had an encounter with God this summer, the car accident that was going to happen, you closed your eyes and it didn't ha- happen if you have an encounter with God this summer. At the beach, at the ballpark, uh, at the reunion, the forest preserve, at a Bible study, if you've had an encounter with God this summer, it was God waiting for you at that intersection, at that gymnasium, at that school, on that commuter train, at that moment at your work, at that moment in your neighborhood. It was God waiting for you to arrive. And you arrived. And God said, I am here. Understand that I am real. Understand that I have the ability and understand that I have the desire to enter the circumstance in your life. Jesus was waiting for her. Samaritan woman said, 
You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, how can you ask me for a drink? If I give you a cup and you touch the cup that my hands have been on, you're going to be unclean for seven days. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and if you knew the one that is speaking to you at this moment, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she said to him, the well is a hundred feet deep. You have nothing to draw from. He said, you misunderstand me. I'm not talking about this water. I'm talking about the water that I, the Son of God, can bring you. You drink this water, you'll be thirsty in two hours. You drink the water I give, you'll never be thirsty again. She said, tell me more, and he did. She thought things, doing things, all this human stuff could somehow satisfy the part of her that could not be seen. The part of her called the soul. You can look at someone and you can tell whether they're well or healthy. You can tell whether their cheeks are full or whether their cheeks are beginning to sink in. You can look at someone and tell whether they are ill or whether they are healthy. You cannot look at someone and see whether their soul is ill or whether their soul is healthy. Only God can do that. Rich young lawyer came to Jesus. He thought that his ingenuity, his drive, his determination, his wealth, his power, his ambition, his connections, his wisdom. He thought all of those things could feed his soul. And after about three or four or five years of trying to feed his soul in that manner, he was still ferociously empty inside. And he comes to a man in a robe with sandaled feet, carpenter's son nonetheless, and he says to Jesus, I want to feed the hungers in my soul. Tell me how to do it. And Jesus said to him, it's all the stuff in your life. You keep thinking, if I've got this or this or this or this, if I make one more connection, if I make a little bit more money, if my house is a little bit bigger, you're thinking all of those things can feed the part of you called the soul and the can'ts. You need to get rid of all of that and empty yourself so that I can come in. And that man on that particular day said, no, I don't think so. Don't think so. You gave me the wrong answer. I'm going back the other way. The next day is Zacchaeus that Jesus is waiting for. And Zacchaeus is a little bit older than the rich young, uh, the Bible says, rich young lawyer. Zacchaeus is a little bit older, a little bit wiser. And when Jesus visits with him in his house, get down to our tree, I want to talk to you. By the time Jesus is through for the first time in his life, the hunger in his soul that no hamburger or french fry could ever touch, the hunger in his soul was filled. And when he comes out of that house, he says, not going to be a black hole any longer. 
My paycheck's not going to be a black hole spent on me. My time, my talents, my treasure is not going to be a black hole. I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor as Bill Gates. And if I cheated anyone out of anything which he obviously had done, or he wouldn't have said it, I'll return it fourfold. He must have kept records of everything. The hunger in his soul was satisfied. We run, people. We run. We don't count it as exercise because it's a basic part of our life. We run. We run from one place to the next, from one church to the next, from one love of our life to the next. From person to person, job to job, mall to mall, vacation to vacation, we run and we run and we run. And we're looking for the one thing, peace. We're looking for the one thing, peace. If I had a job where I made 15000 more, if I go to this school instead of the one I've been at, if I had a different guy in my life, I had a different girl in my life, We run. And Jesus says, stop running. Because you can run for a hundred years and never feed that part of you that can't be seen. The part that only I, who made you in my image, can fill. The soul. Apostle Paul grasped it enough to write in 2 Corinthians 4.18. Do not fix your eyes on all of the things in the world that can be seen. People and money and this and that. Don't fix your eyes on the things that can be seen. Fix your eyes on the one thing that cannot be seen. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth. Store up for yourselves treasures. Your relationship with the only one that can spoon feed your soul. And once he spoon fed your soul, then you have his peace. Old Testament prophet, he said, You will seek to feed your soul through your wealth. Wealth cannot touch the part of you that cannot be seen. He said you will attempt to feed your soul with your intelligence. Uh, uh, Your intelligence will not break the barrier and get to your soul. You will seek to feed your soul with power, connection, ambition, and drive. But that cannot reach the soul. When Jonathan had brain cancer 14 years ago, there's only one chemotherapy drug that could break the blood-brain barrier, and that was Temodar. Kelly Nicholas said, we're going to put you on Temodar. It's the only thing that can get to the brain. It's the only thing that can break the barrier. Wealth, riches, 
jobs, money, spouses, children, boyfriends, girlfriends. They cannot break the barrier called the soul. And that's where Jesus didn't, I won't call it arrogance. That's where Jesus said to her, let me come drink of the water I have. And you will find peace in your soul. Let now the wise man boast in his wisdom, the strong man in his strength, rich man in his wealth. Let him who boasts boast in this, that they know me, the Lord God Almighty, that I have entered their life with mercy and justice and righteousness. Did the woman at Sychar's well need mercy? Yes, he needed mercy. Why? Because the law of Moses allowed you to divorce twice, and under special circumstances it allowed you to divorce three times, but the woman had been married five times, was living with number six. Did she need mercy? Even she herself understood the immorality of her life. Did she need mercy? Exceedingly so. How many times at night did she figure she was lost forever, damned to hell, And she was a religious woman. You can tell it by her later speeches in John chapter 4. Do we need to go to Jerusalem to worship or can we worship here? She was a religious woman. And how many times was she tortured like King David after Bathsheba and Uriah? How many times was she tortured in the middle of the night? There's no way I can be saved. Did she need mercy? Enormously so. And what does God say to her? We sang it in the hymn, Rock of Ages. Naked we come to him, covered with sin. What does Jesus say to her? His sins are forgiven. I don't care if you've been married 20 times. Your sins are forgiven. And when the living water got inside of her, she understood one thing. Her sin had been removed as far as east is from the west. Did she need mercy from Jesus? We all do. Anyone perfect, raise your hand. If you are awake and you are perfect, raise your hand. We all need mercy. Mercy from God and mercy from other people in our life. What else did she need? She needed justice. Why did she need justice? Because she had filled with anger. Why was she filled with anger and vengeance? Because of how the 200 people in Sychar treated her. How many times were stones thrown at her? How many times was her home defiled? The Bible says she came to the well at 12 noon. You came at 6 a.m. That's when you came. You came at 6 a.m. if you're a Jewish woman. Why did you come at 6 a.m.? Because the pots and the kettles and everything else needed to be washed. You didn't come at 12 noon. You came at 6 a.m., Why did she come at 12 noon? Because no one could stand her and she could stand no one. She was leprosy, people. She was the grist of the gossip mill and it didn't stop there. What hatred and vengeance she must have had in her. She understood why she was an outcast, but even if you're an outcast and you understand why, you don't want to be treated like one. And here comes God, the God of justice. And he says to her in so many words, if someone is sinning against you unconsciously, I forgive them as I forgive you for your sins. If someone is sinning against you with evil intent, I will take care of it. 
Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. We just read it in the readings for today. Get rid of the anger in you, woman, at Sychar's well. And get rid of the shame and the guilt, woman, at Sychar's well. Then Jeremiah said one other thing. He's the God of mercy, justice, and righteousness. Did she need righteousness? Yes, she was addicted. You know what she was addicted to. You know what she was addicted to. I won't say it from the pulpit. Try as hard as she could. She needed so desperately the companionship of a male. And Jesus said, when I get inside of you, righteousness is going to be yours. Had a young man call me, he's 24 years of age. He said, Pastor, 41 days, 41 days clean. No alcohol, no drugs, 41 days clean. I know how difficult that road is. Woman at Sychar as well, you need mercy, him. You need justice, leave it in God's hands. You need righteousness, he will be that for you. Closing word. He did not say to her, let's get you out of here, let's get you a different to a place and we'll get you a fresh new start. He didn't say that. He said, you don't pick very well. Let me find the perfect man for you. Everything will be fine. He didn't say that. He said, drink of the waters that I have. And when she drank of the waters as quickly as the thief on the cross came to the face, so did she. And where did she do that? Was she a black hole? Did she say, this is the Messiah? Was she a black hole? No. Because when Jesus got inside of her, she ran. Not from place to place, job to job, man to man. She ran into the village. And the persons that had thrown stones at her and the persons that had defiled the place that she lived and the persons that had made her life a living hell, she knocked on their doors. They were amazed. They jumped like you jumped when the puppet ministry started at 8 a.m. They jumped. What are you doing here? And she said, come. The Messiah is standing by Jacob's well. And if you read that, they all ran out there. And they didn't believe that he was the Messiah because of what the woman said. They believed because they experienced, through the working of the Spirit, Jesus. They came to the faith. And the relatives they had at Shechem and the relatives they had in Jerusalem, they came to the faith. One mission brings him to Samaria. One mission, one woman. And within a year's time, because she wasn't a black hole, within a year's time, who do you think? A thousand? Two thousand? Come to him because he had a mission. Paul Strand is his mission. Linda and Tony and Mike and you put your name, you are his mission. 
Perhaps he's accomplished well the mission he set out to do. And if he has, and you're like the man at L.A. Fitness, you come to situations in your life, and since you're not a black hole, you reach out to someone who's naked or thirsty or sick or in some sort of prison, and you say to them, God... And you pray the Spirit does his work. In our Savior's name, on a Sunday morning, amen. Would you rise as we pray? He changed nothing about her. Nothing. But when he changed one thing, namely her soul, when he touched one thing, her soul, everything was changed. It wasn't about job. It wasn't about school. It wasn't about friend. It wasn't about male. It wasn't about female friend. It wasn't about any of those things he thought that life was all about. It was about one thing. It was about Jesus And when he entered her, as he did David and Abraham and Moses, thief on the cross, his disciples and all the rest of them, when he entered her, everything was changed because one thing was changed. Jesus had reached the one part of her that could not be touched by anything that could be seen. Jesus touched her soul. And she was an exceedingly new creature. Once Jesus touched her soul. So it is for us. We were meant to fly. In our Savior's name. Amen.